appreciate the good music yeah. here this evening. I was thinking as the Sunshine Choir was was singing, I was kind of reflecting back whenever I was about their age at, at Spruce Street. And see, I was the kid that refused. <laughs> I was the one that would not go up here. So I was sitting there thinking as those kids were singing, I'm like, what courage it, it takes, you know, even for the most extroverted kid, it's still kind of stressful to be in front of a crowd and much less singing, so uh, just appreciate the, the good good singing here this evening, uh, both young and old alike. Uh, so as we, we kind of look look to the, the preaching of the word tonight, um, kind of got a lot of, lot of thoughts going on about, about the message, and uh, we'll, we'll just kind of start with this. So kind of the title for our message tonight is, Where is Thy Victory? So, and as I was studying, and it just seemed like this same theme, just the Lord kept pressing it in my mind and on my heart, is on, on victory and how we could have victory. And even when it, it seems like victory, it, you can't. It's, it's so far out there; it's not even within reach. You know, I, I believe here this evening, God wants you to know that you can't have it. Yes, so I may not specifically know individual what individuals may be going through, both uh, here present or maybe listening uh, by way of internet, but just God wants me to echo as we get to the message, we will say it more, trust me. But victory, it, you can have victory here this evening. So we'll be in, our, our main scripture verse will be in 1 Corinthians 15 tonight. 1 Corinthians 15, and we'll just read one verse for our, our main kind of our main theme verse, if you want to call it that. But we are going to do a whole lot of reading at different parts of the Bible. So get your thumbs ready. We're going to be be digging around here and there, uh, examining different accounts in the Word of God. And uh, hopefully by the end of the message, you'll kind of see see why it came together like this. And, and hopefully you'll understand. Uh, you know, as, as I was putting it together, um, most of the times I just kind of make a note in my sermon, hey, you know, you know, we're going to talk about this topic or that topic, and you know, as I preach, you know, God lots of times will remind me of the account, and I'll just kind of touch on it that way. But as I was studying, it just seemed like God wanted me to to go through each of these accounts and really hit these verses for each, from each of these books in different parts of the Bible. So, so like I said, a little bit unusual message for myself, but we're just going to go with it because God's in control. I'm not going to fight Him for the steering wheel. And uh, a quick quick story on that before we get into the message. Um, I, I was coming up the road, and I was uh, reminded of a, a moment in my childhood, again, going back to my childhood, yes, where me and my, my grandmother were uh, driving their little golf cart around the yard, and I, I was probably four or five years old. And she was, she was driving, but I was sitting in between her legs, and you know she was kind of operating the controls. Well, at one point, she let me... Um, I don't remember if she, I think she let me put my foot on the gas. So you know, as a kid, I'm like, all right, you know, little boy, you know, putting your foot on the gas. So uh, so that's what I did. And, you know, floored that thing. And next thing I know, we're, we're just going off across the yard. And uh, she is like reaching down, taking her hands and just pulling them at my legs, trying to get my leg off the gas pedal, not watching anywhere where we're going. So we run into, we had like a metal... Uh, drum in, in the yard, and we just we just come across that sucker. <laughs> so no, luckily, none of us got hurt. But I was sitting there thinking, you know, about about you know, we need to let God have control. Right. And again, kind of tying it to the message, if we're going to have victory, 
at the end of the day, it, you know, if you're sitting here and you're like, you know what, I'm happy with things the way they are. I'm happy with me being in control. I'm happy with my hands on the steering wheel and my foot on the gas pedal. Then the message probably isn't going to help you. It's probably not going to help you tonight. But if you're willing to let God have control, if you're willing to let him have control and do the steering and do the driving in your life, I promise you, things in your life, will number one, they will go much better for you. But number two, it will be a whole lot less stressful on you when you're turning things over to the Lord. So anyway, into the message tonight, we're talking about where is thy victory. And we'll go ahead and read the scripture verse. The Bible says, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we bow our heads before you, Lord. Just uh, glad that we can come gather around your word here in this service, Lord. We know this is about you, God. It's not about giving credit to any man or any one individual except you, Father. God, I pray that in the service, God, that your word would be uplifted. At the same time, God, that you would be uplifted and magnified in the service, God, that, that all the attention and the focus would be on you and that we would all, uh, by the time the message comes to a close, God, that we would be looking to you more than we did when we came in. Father, we'll be careful to give you the credit for it, the praise and the glory for it, God, because you are deserving of it. Lord, none of us will be here if it wasn't for you, Father. We owe it all to you. Thanks be to you. Yes. And again, we thank you and praise you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So again, just kind of introducing the message tonight, we're going to uh, kind of focus on several different accounts in the Bible. Like I said, a lot of scripture reading, but you just follow along. We'll, we'll get through it, and, uh, and the Lord will be magnified in the, in the message tonight. So, so kind of uh, our, our, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll start... At my first point, which is in Exodus. So uh, we will be coming back to 1 Corinthians. You can save your place or not. But we'll be in, in Exodus for my first point. And again, uh, I know I, I've preached on it before. One of my favorite accounts in the Word of God. Uh, discussing uh, the Red Sea. And, and most of you may, may know the, the Red Sea experience with the Israelites was a picture of salvation. The Israelites crossing the Red Sea is a, 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 a form of symbology of salvation. So Exodus 14, and I'll, I'll just read a couple verses. We'll start in verse number 11. And again, you know, you could read the account later if you choose to. But Exodus 14, verse 11, and the Bible said, and they, and they, being the children of Israel, said unto Moses, Because there was no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. So obviously they were upset here. There was a lot of, a lot of fear in the camp. And of course, we, you, know, you know the account. The, uh, uh, Pharaoh's army was, was bearing down on them. That all hope looked like it was, was lost at this point. And uh, they, were, they were in a mess right now. And it didn't look good for them, but all they could see was just what was around them. Right. Instead of looking up to God who had a plan, there was a lot of fear there. And in verse 13, kind of the key, key verse to this, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, right. which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye will see them again no more forever. So again, just kind of the, the first point here, we see that over the course of our life, one of the first, first moments where you can see victory or will see victory is salvation. 
probably the, the great, as Pastor mentioned it this morning, salvation, the greatest opportunity that you have, even beyond you know, marriage and, and preaching, is being able to have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with God is the greatest gift that you could experience. Because as he said, you could have nothing else, literally nothing else but the clothes on your back. But if you are saved, if you are born again in a relationship with God, I mean, it's kind of like the verse says, if God be for us, who can be against us? If you've got, if you're with God, you're in the best place you could be. If everybody else is standing against you, if you're with him, there's victory in that. So we see here the Israelites had a fear of death. And much like us at salvation, we had a fear of our sin. You know, when God convicted you of the sinful state you were in, there's a little bit of a fear that come upon you. They're like, wow, like I've got to an answer for this. I've got all this sin. And, of course, we know that each sin that you've committed has a death penalty attached to it. When God reveals that to you, there's a little bit of, of fear there. I'm taking this, and at any moment, any moment if I died, I would be going to hell because of my sin. So much the same way with the Israelites, they were fearing death from the Egyptians. Well, uh, and continuing with kind of our typology, that fear there is a, a picture of sin. Well, what was their victory? The victory, and don't miss this, the victory was through the Red Sea. Yes. Boy, God knows what he's doing, doesn't yes, he? Sir. Think about it. It was through the Red Your victory in salvation is through the blood. And what color is blood? Amen. We all can say that. Young and old alike, the victory is through the blood of Jesus Christ. If you're going to be saved, it's got to be through him. He's the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, I heard a, a preacher say it like this one time. You know, there's only one door to heaven. And, of course, we know that's, we, we know Jesus is the door. He said that in the New Testament, that he is the door. But uh, something else he said that really got my attention. He said, you know, there's no back door into heaven. There's no side doors. There's no trap doors. You're not going to sneak in. You know, you're not going to just, oh, I'm here. You're not going to be surprised that you made it to heaven. If you're going to get there, you're going to get there through Jesus. You're going to get there through the front door. Amen. Another thing, there's no, there's no back with, you know, the example of the back door. You're not going to be leaving. Amen. You're going to go in the front door and you're going to be there forever, for all eternity with God. Amen. So our victory and salvation is through the blood and it's through the door in Jesus Christ. But something else, and we'll, we'll close up this point, verse 13, and look at the last part of that verse there. The phrase, ye shall see them again no more forever. So, and again, with our kind of with our, our theme here, think about when you get saved, God sees your sin no more forever. It's all gone. We can shout and we can praise God for that because that's what happens when you get born again. When God saves you, your sin is taken care of. Your sin problem is dealt with. And we can rejoice in that and we can have victory in salvation because God has taken care of our sin debt and we don't have to pay it. Amen. So we see a salvation experience at the Red Sea. Well, let's flip over to Genesis chapter 37. For the next point, Genesis 37, and we'll begin in verse number 13. So I'll give you a few seconds to turn there, and as, you, as you're turning there, so 
as I said, we're kind of going through, if you want to call it, like the stages of your life as you see through the, through the message. So after salvation, one of the first things um, you're going to do is not only decide, baptize and discipleship, but there's going to be a service component to your relationship with God. There's going to be some, some things He wants you to do. There's going to be a purpose that He wants you to understand. We call it His will. We, there's some things He wants you to do. So in your service to God, you know, sometimes... You could be serving the Lord and living for Him, but the storms of life have clouded your life, and you just can't see the victory. Well, in our account here in verse number 13, of course, this is talking about Joseph. Right. And most of us know, know the, the, the story of his, uh, of his life and what he went through. Now, I really, that was really the, the, the verses that God was bringing to my mind of, of a man who just wanted to be faithful. He, God had given him a purpose for his life. And all he did was just voice, voice what God had told him, and everybody around him lost their mind. <laughs> all his brethren, they're like, we got to kill him. I can't believe he said that. Even his parents were looking at him crossways. So let's read. We'll begin reading verse number 13, and we'll read, read through verse 20. Just bear with me here. So, and Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem. Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, Here am I. And that's important, by the way. Look how obedient Joseph is to his dad. That means he had a lot of respect for him. A good lesson to, to kids and even adults alike. He's willing to listen to his father. Verse 14, we continue. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. And a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren, tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They are departed hence, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And, and we will say, Some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. So, really, for no reason, of course, we couldn't. You know, for the sake of time, we're not going to read the entire account of Joseph, but we know that he had dreamed this dream, and he, like I said, he had shared it with his brethren, but they didn't want to have any part of it. And, and there wasn't really nothing that he had done. Nothing really wrong that he had done. No major sin that he committed. But at this point in his life, things ain't looking too good. If you got your brothers and sisters mad at you wanting to kill you, that means you might be in trouble, amen? So we see here in the story that, so, well, and not just in the story, but in our life, just remember it's not your vision you're relying on, God's vision. And remember that he is above the storm. So Joseph had a storm brewing at this point in his life. The clouds were starting to gather, and from this point on, from this point on, things will get pretty crazy. But you know what? Through all of that, Joseph was and remained faithful. So a big lesson we could take out of this is the victory can come if you remain faithful. Remain faithful to God, dedicated to God, just like Joseph. Through all the struggles he went through, I mean, just think about all the obstacles. You know, hated by his brethren. He was sold into slavery. He was lied about. He was forgotten. All things that scare us to death. Yes. You know, all, we could hit all those. You know, in our mind, we get anxiety about it. On the people at work, what will they think? And my family, what will they think? All, all the things that keep us up at night over our service to God. Joseph experienced all of it. Right. 
But you know, he still remained faithful. And in the end, God gave him the victory. That's the key right there. So even, even if you're serving God, you're, you're doing what, you're, what, you, what you should be doing, you live in the Bible, storms can't come up. But even through those storms, through those trials, through those tribulations, just remain faithful. Just remain faithful to God. When you can't see him, you can't see through the storm, you can still have victory through Jesus Christ. Remember, we walk by faith and not by sight. We're relying on God's vision. It's God's vision, not our own. So we see in our service for our second, our second point, but let's look in Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15 for our next, our next point. And we'll, we'll start in, in verse number 11. So, so we've seen, we came to the Red Sea point of salvation, getting saved. We know there's a service component that even while we're serving God and doing what we need to be doing, storms can come, yes, but we can still have victory through those storms. Next we see the account of the prodigal when he was in the hog pen. Yes. So even another account a point that may happen in your life is when you become when you become separated from God. You know, maybe in this case it's you've you've walked away from him for, for reasons of circumstances. Maybe you're angry at him. Maybe it's a you know a family member. Whatever whatever example you want to give, I'm sure most of us have been at a point in our life where we have been separated from God. I didn't say you wasn't saved, by the way. Let me just drop that in there. Once, we're, once you're saved and truly born again, you're always saved. But there may come a time in your life where that fellowship is strained. Right. Or maybe there is no communication. Yes, maybe you're, you, just, you don't want to have anything to do with the things of God. Good. So much like the prodigal here in our story, we see, and let's, we'll just go ahead and read here in verses, I said verse number 11. So, and the Bible said, and he said, uh, uh, Jesus given the story. A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided them to, uh, unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. There it is. He's going far away from the, from the father. Don't miss that. And there, wa and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and, and he sent him in his fields to feed swine, one of the nastiest animals That's on the planet. Right. I think of how low, low a point he was in his life, where he was literally in the hog pen. That's right. And what happened when he decided that, hey, you know what? Daddy ain't got it figured out. Mom ain't got it figured out. I want, I want my stuff. I want my inheritance. And I'm going to go far away and do my own thing. But I'll get you in trouble sometimes. That's right, that's you stepping out and stepping away from God will get you in trouble. But stepping out and stepping away from your parents will get you in trouble too, by the way. I've seen that myself and experienced it a time or two. So, so um, I lost some place, amen. So, uh, so verse number uh, 16, and he, would and, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. He's eating pig food now. Right. Amen. You see, or we, we paint the picture. Verse 17, and when he came to himself, that's important, 
He said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? And I, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Did you miss it? Did you miss it? You're reading it right there. So if you're in the hole pen, you're separated from God, there's really one word to describe what you need. That's repentance. Amen. That is exactly where this prodigal found himself. Yes. After he had done things his way, he said, this is how I want to live. Right. Yeah, I think I've got it figured out. I, I believe this is how I want my life. I'm going to step away from my father because I think I've got it figured out. And what did he do? He, he, he flamed out, lost, right. lost everything, lost most of everything, yeah. was eating pig food. But when it came to the point of him repenting, Everything changed. Everything turned around. So we see that, that even though he wasted his inheritance, remember, he was still the father's child. He never lost his status as a son. Even though he had done all this riotous living, he had done all this, this sinful living, he was still the father's child. That's the same for you and I today. You, you can separate from God due to sin or whatever you fill in the blank. You can still have fellowship restored. Yes, you can still be forgiven, but it comes down to repentance. Yes, Are you willing to yes, repent and God. give it all back to yes, God? Sir. Are you willing to get on your face and humble yes, yourself? Yes, if you want the fellowship restored, you've got to repent. Yes, you've got to. There is no way around it. Much like we said that there's only one door into heaven, there's only one way to keep in good fellowship with God, and that's repentance. Yes, because I promise you this, you will not live a perfect life to where you never have to repent again. So if you want to avoid separation, if you don't want to find yourself in the hog pit of the world, you're going to have to repent. Because whether you mean to or not, sin will pile up on you. And just like we mentioned earlier, that sin has a death penalty attached to it. So something will have to die in your life. Well, lay it at the feet of Jesus. Lay it at the altar and give it to him. Repent and turn from your ways. So we see that separation can be restored. But lastly, we see that even at death, we can still have victory. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15, and we will actually... We'll start reading in verse number 54. So again, we're kind of hitting, hitting some high points here. I know we're not, we're not really di diving into each of these stories real deep. But that's not really the point, point of the message tonight. So, so lastly, we, you kind of imagine these different stages of your life. We come to this point, and I'll, I'll read the verses. Verse number 54, verse, uh, chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians. So when this corruptible... That's our flesh. I have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall he brought then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Right. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Amen. And here's our verse. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So did you catch that, what he was describing there? 
we, we know it's been mentioned, it was mentioned this morning, I, I believe, in Sunday school we're in a preaching. Our greatest enemy, our greatest obstacle is death. Right. You know, it's the, the one thing that probably everybody has a little bit of anxiety or a little bit of fear about in some way is death. The fact that, uh, of dying and the unknown that happens after. It, it'll, it'll scare anybody. There's people probably all medicated on the very thought of what will happen if I die. Yeah, the very right. fear of that. Right. Well, God gives us the victory over that unknown in our life by, by what he did on the yes. cross and by him after three days Amen. coming out of that tomb yes. under his own power. He didn't have help. He didn't need help. Right. Our Lord rose three days later for what we call the resurrection, which is our victory. So if you want to have victory over death, it's going to be through Jesus Christ. If you want to have victory in salvation, it's going to be through Jesus Christ. So we see that death is swallowed up in victory. The greatest fear we could have, God take. He took care of it, amen. We could rejoice in that. I just can't get over that. I've been studying that for, for it seemed like days, and I still can't get over that. The, the greatest thing we could fear, God's like, poop, I got it. I, I handled it. I can handle it for you. I can handle it for them. I can handle it for anybody. It's swallowed up. Death, we can have victory even in death. So we can face it knowing that our victory is certain. You could go knowing that God has it. And that's faith. That takes faith right there. As big an obstacle as death is, you, it, it takes faith. It takes faith in something greater than you. you can't, you're not going to be able to put it in yourself. You're not going to be able to put it in, uh, well, I, you know, I, I sing songs at church. I give money. You're not going to be able to put it in all those things. It's going to have to come down to you putting your faith in something much greater. I found only one person that satisfies that, and that's Jesus Christ. He's the only one that has fully satisfied that requirement in my life. Ain't no, nobody's even close. Nobody's even close. Nobody can even live remotely the life that he lived. And it had to be the sinless perfection of Jesus Christ. So he swallowed up victory. So it is certain because of verse 57, and again, that's through Jesus Christ. So as we kind of conclude the message here tonight, and as we look at each of these moments, we're shown that victory is possible, but we can't ignore the common theme through all of these biblical accounts right. that it's only through Jesus Christ yes, that victory Amen. is even possible. Right. Just want to uplift him Amen. here tonight and say that wherever you are in the middle of each of these points, victory is available to you. Through Jesus Christ. Hey, look, it ain't through me. It ain't through. I'm not up here to elevate myself. None of these preachers, pastor, we're not. They're not here to elevate themselves. We're here about one man, the God Man, Jesus Christ. He is the victory. So whatever you're going through here tonight, whatever it is, victory is available. You just gotta take it. You gotta take it, and at the same time, you gotta let go and let Him do it. It don't make sense, but it's not supposed to. That's why it's called faith. We're supposed to give it over to him and let him take control. Let him take over your life and give yourself to him. But some of that's going to come at a cost. So it's a matter of what are you willing to give up. So again, wherever you are in your life. So again, as we close the message, 
think on a few of these things. Mostly the title, Where is Thy Victory? Yeah. Where, where is your victory in yeah, your life today? Is it anything other than the Lord? Like, are, are you finding victory in you know, a friend, a co-worker, you know, a, a job? Like, where, where are you finding victory in your life? Make sure it's in Jesus Christ. Make sure that you are sure that it's in Him. Because without Him, you're not going to have real victory. You'll, you'll be, you'll be like, like the pigs going back to the slop. You'll be, you'll be going back and forth, back to the slop. Only through Him is victory. Let's stand. So as Miss Susan comes, altar's open. Whatever you have need of, there's victory available. And sometimes we don't think about that enough. At least, at least I don't. Maybe I'm in the minority on that. I don't. You, you get to live in life and. Yeah, maybe God becomes a second thought. You think, well, or you just you just assume that well, everything will work out and there won't be no requirement on your part. But God is available here this evening. He's awaiting your response. The altar's open. Probably not as competitive. I'm. Let me just say this. I'm by flesh. I'm very competitive. And we play play in sports. I, I much like many. Other, I love to win. I don't like to lose. But it, it boy, it's sure nice to have a, a guaranteed victory. And you can have it in Jesus. Amen. And don't don't discount that. Don't don't cheapen that up. Because you don't have to take it. I, I'll be the first to raise my hand and say it. There's times in my life where I didn't take it. I thought I had it figured out. And over the course of time and repentance, I learned I didn't have it figured out. God had to humble me a little bit. So wherever you are today, they still pray and if you need to come,